Everybody, and welcome to a very special episode, a uh, live episode and recording of the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast from Interbike Week. We have a live studio audience with us. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Awesome to have you all. Uh, Plenty of industry folk here for Interbike, plenty of riders and enthusiasts too, because we have a really special guest with us, uh, Katerina Nash. Uh, I'm going to run through a laundry list of your accomplishments first, um, so to make you blush, sorry, but uh, three-time summer Olympian, and you've gotten fifth place in the Olympics, right, in, the, in cross country, uh, two-time winter Olympian in Nordic skiing, uh, World Cup cross country Olympic winner two-time World Cup cross-country Olympic overall podium, so that's through the whole season, six-time World Cup uh, cyclocross winner, is that right? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> World Cup cyclocross overall podium. Two times you've gotten world championships at, uh, in cyclocross. You've gotten podium at world championships. Bronze, yeah. bronze uh, medal. Bronze medal. So, And that was last year you got that one of the bronzes, right? Uh, year before last? Yeah, it was 2017. Year before, that's, yeah, super impressive. Then uh, five-time national champion from Czech Republic, correct? Jeez, uh, four-time Downeyville champion? Four-time BC bike race champion. And you also put down uh, that you won the last local race here too. So that's saying something. She um, laughed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Katerina is, is uh, I guess, somewhat, uh, yeah, you are a local to this region. Um, and you're a staple in our cycling community. And I just, before we start, just wanted to personally say I really appreciate all you've done for local cycling, for junior cycling, to help women cycling in this region. It's been really great. So um, I really appreciate that. We're here to talk about cross. So we're gonna talk about, uh, really it's gonna be about a half hour long and we're just gonna go through some of the basic things that, that you do uh, in order to be faster, because that's the whole point why we why we listen to this podcast and why we train and everything else. So I think the first thing we want to start with is training. And uh, I, I, for those that don't know, uh, most people do, but I uh, Nate is actually pretty relatively new to cyclocross, and uh, you've focused a ton on drills. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about is for you, I guess. Like, do you do still do skills training? You've been racing cyclocross and mountain biking for so long. Do you still put those like drills into place and do you do them every year or do you just kind of run off of talent and, and call it good? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not running off the talent. It's a, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of continuing, um, you know, trying to work to improve on little things. I don't do a whole lot of like specific things on my own as far as skills, but I did like every time I had a chance to join a cross practice group, I just go. Like, I think it's the best. Doesn't matter if people are worse or better or, you know, younger, older, whatever. It's just having somebody lead the cross practice, set up the obstacles that you wouldn't set up that way or just make you ride the way you wouldn't on your own, you know. And having people around, that's that's definitely been most uh, fun and helpful way to improve my cyclocross and then tons of racing i think like the racing is the most important and that's why i'm just gonna i'm gonna show up for sagebrush i'm gonna show up for any kind of little event because i think the racing experience is just you you can beat that you know you mm -hmm. can find that in the training so katarina when you do those uh those skills clinics or the practice stuff do you try to focus on a specific um, technique or do you are you doing them all out trying to go as fast as you can no I don't really like the the actual like fitness training it's never really part of part of that workout like if I you know if I'm working on my fitness I'd probably be doing 
intervals on the road bike or just kind of uninterrupted efforts somewhere, you know. But if I try to, like, improve my technique, which, you know, I, I think the most important thing for me is just, like, I try to ride all kinds of bikes. Like, I'm not going to be, like, from now on just on my cross bike. I'm going to go ride my big bike, go have fun on the mountain bike. I'm going to do efforts on the road bike and just mix it up because I think I think all these all these like different bikes give you something, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I I definitely I've I've got good skills at this point because I've ridden bike for a really long time and I've raced bikes all kinds of disciplines <laughs> for quite some time, you know. But there are things like I I don't know how to hop barriers, you know. Like I've tried the little ones and I can kind of get over it, <laughs> but like the standard UCI, I I don't know how to do that, you know. Same. But same. Yeah. I I haven't had the time, you know. I raced mountain bikes all summer, so I can take chunk of time and just like practice that skill set. And I know I'm very efficient at running it, so at some point you just kind of like. All right, I'm not gonna fit in that cool category, but maybe I can win the race. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just kind of these games where you just like how much pressure you put on the skills versus the fitness mm. versus just kind of being overall good cyclist. You know, one. So why I asked that question too is I find that if I'm practicing something, everything's easy, but then at race pace. It, it's not easy <laughs> yeah, anymore. Happens fast. And specifically, yeah. too, when you passed me at the last cross race, um, in grass, like when I'm warming up, it's all easy and I take these great lines. And then at race pace, I blow the line. Uh, you know what I mean? Like at speed, I'm not turning enough. So can you give us any, and tomorrow's course is all... All grass. All grass with lots of turns. Can yeah. you give us any tips of like doing turns at speed in grass, both because uh, then we're going to have dry grass tomorrow and thick grass. Yeah, and I, I I just came off the course, so oh, I can know. I can confirm that the two different fields are very different. You know, you have the nice green, lush grass that just almost feels a little bit spongy. You're not mm. feeling very fast, and those corners are you're not really ripping them, but they're definitely your tires are working pretty nicely. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then you hit the dry and maintenance um, field, and it's very slick. That dry grass is very, very slick. So now you have that to deal with, right? Like we're one half of the course, you kind of have this cornering technique, but that doesn't really apply on the dry stuff. So my, my rule is almost like if I go out and I pre-ride, I try to kind of overdo it, like just go f- almost too fast and try to like really test it all out. Find the limits. At that, find those limits. Many times I find them through messing it up, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. how it works. But yeah. it's like, I'm I, every time I crash pre-riding or I kind of like do something silly, I'm like, awesome, because now I know. So do you now crash pre-riding? Oh yeah, yeah. I never, I mean, how many yeah. here, do you guys push yourselves pre-riding to the point where you crash? I'm always like scared Casey does. Some people are you crash all the time. Yeah, brave souls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess along those lines, one thing that I find interesting is that uh, I guess it's a different mindset. When you go and pre ride a course, you're not looking to just look at the course, but you're actually trying, it seems like you're trying to find your limits on that course. And I, that's, I think like a different psychology. A lot of us are like, make sure there's nothing that's going to kill us. And then like, make sure, you know, like we, we kind of just make sure there's no big dangers. I'm more like, I don't want to get too tired. I'm going (laughs) to race soon. And I want to like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I definitely, I'm, 
I tend to be kind of like the slowest one out there and I see all these people flying by me. I'm like, how can they be going so fast, like two hours before your race? Like, why are you wasting all this energy here, right? Yeah. But there is these sections, I'll definitely pick it up for corner. Like, I wouldn't be pinning it on the straightaways, but I definitely, once I enter the technical stuff, I just want to know how it how it feels with speed, you know? Because I've been there so many times where you like, you feel like you've got the pre-ride dialed and then the race starts and that's when yeah. we all make mistakes. <laughs> it falls apart. Yeah, yeah. I've lost I've lost bronze medal at the world championship because I blew a corner. You know, yeah. like it's just it's it's part of the game. But yeah. I also feel like if you don't push it, you're not trying hard enough and you you're never gonna really succeed. You I mean you might succeed if you're very, very talented for yeah. for the rest of us it's just like you have to push it and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't and that's part of it. Yeah. So it's gonna so thick grass and dry grass. How do you choose a tire for a course where uh, what for first what kind of tire would you do in grass? And then how do you choose a tire for a course like tomorrow? Or in any normal course? Um yeah so I mean I'm there's a lot of cornering tomorrow, but there's just a lot of grass riding. So I'm going with like, you know, slick tires, like uh, something that's just going to roll the fastest for me. And then just kind of manages, just manage those tires in the corners. You know, I might be mm. a little bit slower, but I don't want to knobby tires tomorrow. So would you change pressure more or less than usual? I played with pressure a little bit, but I really kind of always end up somewhere between 18 to 20 PSI, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. On the sense. cross bike for sure, yeah. Now, I know you do a good amount of running as we get like into cross season. Uh, a lot of people ask us on the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast, like, should I start running? Like, uh, if I'm going to do cyclocross? And they don't really know how to incorporate it. How do you use running to get ready for cross season? Do you just go out for really long runs? Or do you like have hill repeats that you do? Or, or I mean, I, usually with your dogs, I know that much, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a super specific, like I definitely have a, as a cross country skier, I have a good running background where I, I ran a lot back in the day. Mm. And uh, so it's, it's still easy to come back to it because I don't run a whole lot during the mountain bike season, but I do. I do walk a lot. I have two dogs and I, you know, I probably walk somewhere between eight to 12 hours a week. Um, so uh, that doesn't give me much time for running or, you know, yeah, like yeah. when you're riding a bunch and then you're walking a bunch. So the running is kind of, for me, it's more kind of sporadic. Um, huh. I definitely tried to run during the cross season, but uh, I don't. I don't run more than 45 minutes and it's not, I don't have a big routine. You know, I tried mm -hmm. to run once a week, but sometimes it's twice a week. So not a specific routine. It just kind of depends how the week is unfolding and, uh, you know, and if my dogs are too rowdy or not, because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to chase the bike anymore. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> so. So with you, you have, I guess, going into you do a lot of gravel races and more endurance focused races as well. And then you transition to cyclocross. Do you have like a marked change in your training or you just kind of carry on run off residual fitness, uh, and kind of let that carry you through cross. How do you change your training up? Um, it's kind of an interesting question because going back to kind of that cross country skier background. So, uh, I don't know if you guys follow skiing, but there's anything from like 5K, 10K, 15K, 30K here and there. But a lot of it is like anywhere from 
12 minutes to 45 minutes. That's kind of the bulk of the racing. And <clears throat> that's like, that's my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. So I... I was a mountain biker, and when I started as a mountain biker, we raced two, two and a half hours, you know, and mm -hmm. for me, the last hour was struggle, so my whole career is <laughs> like building up on that last hour, like making it through, and then one day I went and did a cyclocross, and I was just right back at home, like I had <laughs> so much fun, it was so dynamic, there wasn't that like 20 minute climb to worry about that I always worry about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, it really doesn't take a lot for me, especially if we like, if we race a little bit of short track here and there, or I come to Reno and do a crit or whatever that might be. Uh, it doesn't take too much for me to pick up that, that yeah. intensity, that you speed. you built that for so many years. Because I built that for so many years. When I do get a very specific about cross, which is typically uh, on my, on my usual year, if I'm like, splitting my time between mountain biking and cyclocross i would race a bunch in the fall but do the miles you know yep. get the miles in so i can be good mountain biker next spring and then if i was gonna compete at the world championship i would dedicate my training specifically to cross like starting <clears throat> december and january just i would definitely do shorter intensity and the one uh session that kind of works for me is like six times three minutes a lot those kind of workouts like get yeah. me up to speed very quickly yeah yeah that makes sense that brings about a quick response yeah uh, max let's get into i guess the nutrition side of things yeah because it's got to be totally different than what you do for a cyclocross race versus a long endurance race like an epic rides race mm -hmm. right uh do you like are, are you carb loading or are you focusing on eating more as you get up closer to a cross race or do you not really care since it's such short duration mm -hmm. So cross is kind of tricky because a lot of our cross racing is like mid-afternoon or early afternoon, sometimes evening. And uh, the like the digestion for such a short effort is crucial, right? Like nobody wants to go out there and kind of feel their breakfast or lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or lose it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. So with the early afternoon races, it's kind of hard. I just essentially do breakfast so I feel like part of the winter I'm just like skipping lunches altogether you know huh. and then like you get through the race and if I feel hungry I'll do you know cliff bar or gel or something like that like that quick energy which will carry you through that cross race like and that's like need. just before the race that just before the race yeah. yeah and then I I always rely heavily on electrolyte drink like I really like to drink enough electrolytes leading up to whether it's mountain bike race or cross race just hydrating uh, helps you with drug testing right after. You don't yeah. have to sit there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> comes yeah. in handy. We don't have that uh, problem. Yeah. People don't really care to drug test us. They don't think we're doping. So, so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so very little food leading up to cross race. I'll just have later breakfast and then kind of survive. Uh, I, I don't like recommend that to everybody. Like you don't want to go into the race starving, but I just worry about having too much food in my stomach and not digest. Nate, Nate had that this year at yeah. the state TT champs. Yeah, I threw up in my mouth. Yeah, he lost it was bad. Yeah. Story. Yeah, very bad yeah <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast i'm very traditional like just granola yogurt fruit you know um i try not to like once you start traveling around the world you can't always have your perfect breakfast and this and that you know so uh, i just try to stick with something simple that works and you can find it anywhere in the world you know like for the longer events definitely if you can have some eggs or something like that that seems like a you know to be a good one but yeah just simple what about the night before like a, a longer cross country race? What would you eat for dinner? Like before like the Carson City off road, something yeah. like right, that. Yeah. yeah. 50 miles. Um, 
I don't like. I don't want to go to bed like feeling too full. Like even leading up to these big events, like essentially, I don't want to overload my stomach, so I won't be eating any like tons of meat, you know. Yeah. But I'm not here. Like I grew up in Europe with that whole like pasta thing and i hardly ever eat pasta because i just <laughs> ate too much of it yeah. so but i'll go for rice and kind of simple kind of meals that are easy digestible and just have enough of it but once again like i've i've you know it's always good to test it and i've like I kind of tested everything over the years you know i've done the the heavy meat or the big pasta or like i just hate to go to bed super full you know so uh i don't i don't change my like strategy that much or just eat whatever's kind of sufficient amount or if you're leading to bigger raise then you're like oh yeah i'll have definitely dessert or two or okay. you know <laughs> nice. and that's that's fine yeah. but once again like i think the breakfast important and definitely the nutrition during uh, during the event and the hydration is especially for long mountain bike race is crucial what about in general do you have any like philosophies about how you should eat just day to day to be a high level athlete. Mm. Um, <laughs> do you stay away from like McDonald's and stuff, or do you eat whatever um, you want? No, I don't go to McDonald's, but it's not <laughs> really? because like uh, for a tip there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been there before. Yeah. You've been me. there before. Uh, but no, I'm like very healthy eater, but like very balanced. Like I don't have any mm. dietary restriction. I don't. I'm lucky not to have any allergies. Uh, I just I just eat what tastes good, you know? Like I think that's the most important thing. And uh I I like I said, I just tested what kind of works for me, what doesn't. I don't, you know, I don't read the calories. I don't mm. add up any of that. That sounds amazing, I, right? <laughs> <laughs> just see how I, I want to win championships. I, tr <laughs> I trust Cliff Bar that their product is good enough and gives me what I need, you know, and I like like what they make. So that's that's been great because like their electrolyte drink works really well. I um yeah. I hate to admit, but I don't do any recovery drinks. I, I think I just had a bad experience one day, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I, yeah. I, so I'll go always for food after a big event. Like, I'll find yeah. food. And like, and if there's no good food, I'll go for whatever food, you know? Like, it happens. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Just just very normal, balanced, mm. good food. And you'll Some, do desserts sometimes? and. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I. I, I have a balance in that whole thing too. Okay. Like, it's just, uh, I don't know. I feel like if you like skip too many things, then you just want them more. And uh, yeah. yeah, I drink wine uh, pretty much all the time. <laughs> well, not like all the time. <laughs> not, not right now, but like, uh, you know, I don't have too many days that I skip a glass of wine. So it's just very normal balance. Balanced. Yeah. Like, uh, health, yeah. Healthy That's approach. Healthy. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Uh, I want to get into the pacing aspect of cyclocross. So I haven't been training for like three and a half months, right? And tomorrow we have a four lap short race. And my theory is really bad, or at least my plan's really bad. And I kind of know it's bad, but for some reason I'm still <laughs> going to stick to it, which is just go as hard as I can and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, which it's, I'm going to blow up. That's what's going to happen. But, um, <clears throat> do you pay, how do you pay cyclocross? Because I mean, the start's really important, but I see certain riders favor different approaches. So like mm -hmm. they, they might be more conservative and then they might try to come on later in the race or they start really hard and then manage a gap. What do you do? What's your pacing strategy for most races? Um, well, cyclocross is tricky because like you said, it's like the start is crucial. And then, you know, we don't have like 
the women's racing is somewhere between like should be 40 minutes or let's say 40 to 50 minutes you know but sometimes it's 38 you know mm. and so mm -hmm. it's it's relatively short and um my problems always has been like and as as i get older <laughs> it's it's even more apparent uh it's that first two minutes you know it's yeah. just people can go so fast <laughs> yeah. but sometimes yeah. you just you can't get around the traffic it's crucial to be up there so you know i i try to hang on to those 20 year old speedy kind of <laughs> yeah. superpower and uh some might call them young and foolish right yeah yeah because yeah, they're going too yeah. Well, sure. yeah. yeah. and then so you know i know after like two three minutes like like my endurance kicks in and then then i'm fine i don't really have to like worry about the pacing that mm. much but the starts are getting harder and harder and people are definitely speeding away from me and sometimes i claw my way back and sometimes <laughs> i don't but uh yeah, I mean, mountain biking, I definitely struggled with that early on. It was just the pacing took me a little bit longer to figure out because we're talking an hour and a half, two hours, you know. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, it was good for an hour, and then the rest was... I've <laughs> 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 um, been working on it ever since, and now that I've uh, I've dabbed with the long long endurance there, that that's something that's extremely intimidating to me like i've done leadville i've done lost and found so i've i've got through those now but like there i'm i'm starting very conservative i right. definitely you know as as i'm learning about my abilities and what i can do in those events i'm there i'm starting more conservative more like the survival mode like you yeah. guys go and hopefully i see you later <laughs> yeah that makes me feel really bad because in lost and found one year i was with you and i was really proud of myself in the beginning of the race now i know you're actually going really easy so you're all out yeah right? <laughs> and i was all out yeah, yeah. yeah. so um uh, okay i got a few quick like rapid fire questions before we close it out um first one uh you already answered one which was uh with barriers bunny hop or dismount and run and you're a dismount and run type yeah, of person right I um, Until I get that down, I'll be the runner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask was on dismount technique, are you step through or step around? Like do you, when you come off and for those that don't know in cyclocross, it's a weird bike sport where you have to run with your bike uh, instead of ride it. Doesn't make sense. But uh, a lot of people when they step off and if you, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this, but for those in the audience and those on YouTube, you bring your leg around and then you either clip off, you know, unclip and then just run with your bike or you bring your leg around, then bring it through in between your frame and your other leg and then step off. Uh, some people swear that the step through is like the technique you should do. What do you, do you do the step through or do you just step around? I step around. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, when I was getting into cyclocross, I just kind of tried both of them and then kind of observe what everybody else was doing and talk to uh, a couple of my friends. And I think it was that time where that the step through was kind of slowly disappearing and people were yeah. kind of getting a little bit of faster. Um, and yeah, so I, it works for me, but I think it's, once again, it's just like, find what works for you. You know, I, I just, um, I try to tell people like if I'm teaching a bike clinic or anything, just don't like, there's not really, I mean, I, except for the basic little, like, you know, like, what brakes to use when and like those mm -hmm. kind of basic elements there's like it's all about finding your own style you know yeah. what yeah. works for you where you where you most comfortable most efficient uh who cares what somebody else says when they make fun of your dismount technique just do it just get do off it. the bike yeah just get off get the bike on. and run get back <laughs> on and you know like as 
I don't know, as your listeners and, you know, you guys get older, you just like, style doesn't really matter at some point, <laughs> you know, as long I, as you can win the bike race. I hope it. I have a quick question, but yep. you just, I don't know if you guys heard this, but she said basic things about like which brakes to use when, and I was like, shoot, I don't know that basic thing. <laughs> <laughs> so on the cross course, I use both brakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to slow down, what brake do I use when <laughs> on the cross? We're gonna ask is that. that one. Is there a third brake? Like <laughs> that's your heel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I it's it's same. I mean, I, I feel like as soon as we switch to disc brakes, like it's kind of you know you kind of feather both the brakes and definitely use both of them. So okay. um, doing it right, Nate. Good doing way it to right. go. Yeah, you're ready. It was basic. <laughs> both brakes. Well, Katarina, thank you so much. Um, uh, if if people want to catch up and and follow you, they can do so at Kat Kanash, right on Instagram. That's K A T K A N A S H. Um, they can follow you there. Uh, Team Cliff Bar Racing. Yep. Um, same same name for Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. So they can follow you there. If uh, you're going to be, for the studio audience that's here now, if you're going to be at Reno Cross tomorrow night, the cross race, uh, please cheer Katarina on. She's an awesome racer. I, I've seen you take hand ups mid race and do fun <laughs> things like that. Um, so she'll be ripping and still having fun. So good luck. I'm excited to see your cross season this year and how it goes. And thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for coming. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>